WMQA. Hello and welcome to WMQA, the official podcast of the WMQ Comics website. I'm your host, Dan Grote. This week we're talking with writer Brian Shermer, who's got a new series debuting this week from Image Comics called Fair Lady, about the only female private investigator who uh, operates in a fantasy realm after an epic war. We'll talk a lot about the book, its influences, Magnum P.I. comes up a lot. <laughs> uh, his work with uh, artist Claudia Balboni, and where you can see Brian this year as he plans to do a number of store signings and work the con circuit. Uh, speaking of, Matt Lazowitz and I are also working the con circuit. Uh, we are less than three weeks away from Camden Comic Con, April 27th at Rutgers University. We are going to be hosting a live Q&A panel with Jerry Conway, one of the big important writers of the Bronze Age. Uh, we're going to have a table there, and uh, we're working on having some of the guests of the show stop by to record segments for upcoming episodes of WMQ&A. Uh, best of all, it is a free show. How often do you get to go to a free con? Uh, especially with guests like Jerry Conway, Fred Van Lenti, Stuart Moore. Uh, some of these guys have been past guests on the show. Uh, Aletha Martinez, Larry Hama, and so on. Uh, we'll also be at Free Comic Book Day at Dewey's Comic City in Madison, New Jersey on May 4th. Uh, she's also going to have some great guests, and we will talk more about that as we get closer to that show. Uh, meanwhile, what is going on over at WMQComics.com? Uh, we talked to writer and past guest Jeremy Whitley about the current arc of Unstoppable Wasp, which focuses on Nadia's mental health. Uh, we've got a new Wednesday Warriors column coming from guest writer Bill Nevin. Uh, Matt Lazowitz's bonus reading is going to focus on the old cross-gen comics, and Joshua Bermont is reviewing Brian Azzarello and Maria Lovett's Faithless, number one from Boom. Uh, all that can be found at WMQComics.com. But for now, here are me and Matt and Brian. Uh, so, Brian, first off, happy belated birthday. It was over the weekend, right? Uh, thank you, sir. Yes, on Saturday. Uh, that's great. Much. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's like you're giving yourself a uh, gift now, uh, debuting this uh, this new book. I yes, I I think the, the it, it would have been nice uh, if if my birthday had actually fallen after it because seriously, I got uh, you know Saturday morning I had a plan, you know I was going to get up with the wife and we were going to go to the cafe and have some coffee and do some writing and do some planning and you know do some more promo stuff for the book coming out. And we got to the cafe and we had the coffee and I did some reading and we got back to the apartment and my body just said, nope, we're done. You haven't had a break in, uh, in months. We're taking it now. So I had two naps uh, as if I was a septuagenarian and uh, did, did fuck all uh, my day, uh, which felt so damn good. Uh, I imagine. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. <laughs> two naps i'm straight up jealous <laughs> yeah i i that surprised me i think more than anyone <laughs> Th that is successful cat level napping <laughs> uh we do have cat we do have two cats so it wouldn't surprise me if i finally learned something from them both <laughs> I, I, i'm not a nap person except when my cat decides to hop up on my lap and take a nap and it's like well you're here and you're a bad influence <laughs> it's contagious Absolutely. My, my dogs are also big nappers and, and they will, if they see me, you know, lying prone for even a second, take advantage of that and uh, <laughs> jump on top. But um, before we, uh, before we get into fairly, before we get into the new series, uh, we like to start by asking our guests about the, uh, the comics they remember reading when they first got into the medium. Oh, geez. Um, uh, I, I think I'm, I'm not unique in that I definitely had on again, off again, periods of, of love of comics sure excuse me um the the most recent bout uh would have got would have been uh you know geez, about 15 16 years ago uh and god how did it begin um i i, I knew i missed watchmen when it came around the first time mm -hmm. and uh i had heard about it and actually what happened was a friend of mine uh uh, we were at a we were at a Christmas party that was based around book giving. So we have these friends who uh, who used to throw these uh, called book parties, and basically everybody would bring a book that they had read that they recommend, and then it was wrapped up and passed around in a basket. So everybody got a random book. Does that make any sense? Sure. sure. Yeah. And uh, this friend of mine, uh, one of the other people at the party opens up Watchmen and my friend of mine stands up and says, yeah, I gave that book because it's, it's great. And it's this, that, and the other thing. And between, 
my relatively limited knowledge uh, of Watchmen and the fact that uh, I very much respected my friend's uh, taste, I figured, oh, okay, I should probably read that. So, so then what uh, oddly enough happened is I went out, I think I went out actually in search of Watchmen, and instead, uh, I remember clearly, I went to uh, Comics Experience here in San Francisco, ah. uh, and they had a, a kind of wrapped up collection of the single issues of, of uh, Alan Moore's run on Swamp Thing. Mm. So, so inst- I'm looking, I'm, I'm like, okay, I can pick up Watchmen right here, right now. But how often am I going to find this, you know, the, these single issues all bundled together for a reasonable price? And I don't remember how much it was, but it was a steal. And so I bought those and, and took them home and found that to be just a, a revelation. Because uh, I had, bear in mind, I had read no Alan Moore, no Neil Gaiman, no Morrison, none of, none of that uh, mm-hmm. at this time. And, uh, yeah, that just kind of opened my eyes to the, the myriad of things that you could do within the medium. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and that just launched the, you know, launched a thousand ships and I'm still <laughs> sailing on that. That's great. Um, but yeah, you're here because, uh, your new image series with, uh, Claudia Balboni and Marissa Louise, uh, fair lady launches Wednesday. Uh, you know, kind of just to start, give our, can you give our readers a little bit of the, uh, the elevator pitch for the book? Sure. Uh, fair lady is a, it's a gender swapped take on Magnum PI, but set in a, uh, a fantasy universe. That's, uh, kind of like, post Lord of the Rings, like after, after a huge fantasy land has had its, uh, its major epic war. This is, this is the world putting itself back together. Uh, but instead of it being, you know, a tale of epic quests, it's a, it's an issue by issue kind of episodic, uh, street level solving bizarre mysteries or the, or as, as we also try to say the cases that no one else wants. (laughs) I'm glad you, you're the one who called out the Magnum, uh, because I'm re- I I settled in last night to read the 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 previews, and I got through the very beginning, and I lean over to my wife, and I'm like, read this description. Is, is, is he, they're riffing Magnum, right? I'm not crazy. She's like, I don't think you're crazy. I get to the point. It's like, oh yeah, that's Higgins. This is definitely riffing Magnum, which is not a bad thing because I loves me some Magnum. Awesome. Uh, yes, thank you. Uh, the, the very first person uh, I, I had encountered who who read the previews, or the, I, at the time it wasn't even a preview, uh, was Jeff Stang, who is uh, one of the higher ups at Image, and uh, you know we I, I, I caught him at the booth at San Diego last year, and he took me aside and said, "So I read I read the first issue. Is that Magnum PI?" <laughs> <laughs> I got to give you. I got to give you a hug, brother. I got to thank you. And and yeah, we had we had a a good old laugh about it. And uh, yeah, that's that is uh, another joke that I say is is that uh, Jenner, who's the the fair lady of the title, uh, she's basically the the daughter of you know Thomas Magnum and Eowyn from Lord of the Rings, is the you know the gal that uh, wanted to fight in a war but had to go in in disguise. Ooh, I like that. That is a, a an apt. Uh, comparison or uh, yeah, I like that. <laughs> How, since you had that gap in there, I'm curious. There's a another comic series that probably is just a coincidence in my head. Have you ever read or heard of Mike W. Barr and Adam Hughes' Maze Agency? Um, say it again. Maze Agency. It was Mike W. I, Barr and Adam Hughes. I, I know I know their both of their works, but I'm not familiar with that. No, it, it's an '80s series. Um, ran, I mean, Adam Hughes did the first dozen or so issues, and then it went on for a while after that from uh, a couple of different small press publishers. I think Caliber it started with, and then Innovation. I know it wound up at Innovation for most of its run, but it was. Uh, a Nick and Nora Charles esque detective couple, but they were all done in one Playfair mysteries. Really? Yeah. The first nine issues, I believe, were collected in a trade by IDW about ten years ago, and you can probably still stumble across it in huh. you know bargain trade bins at cons. Uh, I wound up tra- I wound up tracking down the entire series via you know all sorts of dollar bins and sure. uh, 
little cons over the years, but it's a it's a great detective series, um, and it just it brought to mind because of the done in one mysteries in each issue. Right, right. Uh, no, very cool. I and I, I'm always happy to. I'm 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 happy to always learn about more things that I missed, and at the same time, I just marvel at the fact that man, there've been so many years, and I, I and yes, I've dipped in and out, but it's it's so mind bending to find uh, you know things. It's like how have I never heard of this? This is so up my alley. Yeah, it, it's not a well known series from either either of them. I mean, sure. it's I believe. Adam Hughes' first sort of ongoing work. It's before the Demetrius uh, Giffen Justice League. Right. He left May's agency to go and do that. So it's real early in his career. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's worth a uh, read if you stumble across it somewhere. Cool. I will keep an eye out. Um, you know, kind of talking about the, the, the done-in-one uh, idea you know, we we live kind of in an era where it just feels like like everything is serialized now. Like even you know sitcoms, right? You know, thinking of like How I Met Your Mother or something like that. Uh, I, I guess I just got, you know, with that in mind, that you know, I guess I, I wanted to know like why it was important to kind of do go this route where like every issue is is its own is its own story. Well, the the, the in truth, the, the the impetus was just it was something I wanted to try. I didn't. I didn't give it any real deep thought, um, but it had been something in my mind that I'd wanted to try in a comics project, uh, going back to to uh, primarily Warren Ellis. I mean, he's he has experimented with that, you know, over the last you know, last twenty years with anything from you know Fell to Global Frequency to uh, Planetary uh, to a certain degree, and even his Marvel stuff like uh, Moon Knight and Secret Avengers. And I thought, wow, this is. No, not a lot of people are doing this. And uh, and then when we got the chance to do Fair Lady, um, I, I, honestly, it was a conversation with Eric Stevenson. And I, you know, when I gave him the, the pitch about, uh, I mentioned Magnum P.I., he latched onto that and said, well, is this something, you know, that maybe you can think about doing in an episodic nature? And I and I immediately zapped to it. It's like, yes, absolutely. This is this is your your spot on. This would be the perfect uh, uh, venue for that. Uh, and then, you know, as as we were progressing and actually, you know, making the book, I'm realizing that, you know, this makes a lot of sense uh, in that, you know, as you say, everything, every kind of entertainment media these days seems to be styled for uh, uh, binging and watching, you know, you're watching an epic, no matter what, even if it's a sitcom. Um, but everything is, is you know, long form storytelling, whether it's, it's, it's films. I mean, I love the MCU as much as the next guy, and I've got my tickets for, for, for Endgame, but Good Lord, it's it's going to ultimately be you know a, a, a somebody do the math for me a forty a fifty four hour movie uh, you know telling one story uh, it, it just made a lot of sense to create something that uh, you know you're getting the most bang for your buck and you're done if if you want to be done you know if you if you don't want to pick up the next issue um, that's fine you've got a complete story or if you want to jump in and out. Same, you know, same as the old days when, you know, you're, you watch television. If you missed a week, uh, uh, if you missed an episode, well, you're not lost. Uh, you know, you can come back in and carry on with the story. Um, is there is there a set number of issues for this series? Uh, we are ongoing. That's fantastic. That's great. Uh, do I do I have an ending for it? Um Short answer, yes. Long answer, it depends. Depends how successful we are. And our numbers out of the gate are actually really good. Um, so, yeah, if, if readers stick with it, uh, we can go a good long time. And if they get kind of tired of the episodic thing and they want nothing but their ongoing, uh, you know, ongoing epics and writing for the trade, well, uh, yeah, I've got a decent ending in mind. <laughs> Do you think PIs sort of lend themselves to that more episodic storytelling it's just it's interesting to me that over the course of the past 15 20 years with the advent of the procedural on tv we were seeing less pis and more cops and then the past few years with the the new version of magnum and a few other shows and now uh, Gregor Stumptown being adapted. Mm -hmm. We're starting to see PIs sort of make a comeback. And it's, 
I wonder if the sort of rise of that episode of the um, continuing narrative serves a different function than the PI does. Well, I mean, ultimately, I think it just it depends on the story you're telling. Um, I mean, I'm not sure if if uh, Stumptown is going to wind up being, you know, like the like the, the the comic series were in that it's you know each season or X amount of episodes is going to be telling one long story or if it will be straight up episodic. Um, I'm sure uh, uh, um, uh, Jessica Jones uh, certainly, you know, a- added to the uh, uh, resurgence of private eye television, uh, given the fact that it was so well received on Netflix. Um, and I, I, the cynic in me can't help but look at the new Magnum and just say, yeah, they owned the IP. They had been, actually they had been they had been trying to get uh, Magnum PI back up on uh, on television for years. Uh, I don't know if you recall, but a couple of years ago they had I think they hadn't gotten all the way to a pilot yet, but they were uh, they were developing Magnum PI, um, but as a direct sequel to the original series, and it was going to be Thomas Magnum's daughter it was going to mm. be the new Magnum PI. And uh, uh, I think John John Rogers, I think who did uh, 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 Leverage. Was oh that yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, I think I think he was going to be the sh- uh, I think he was going to be the showrunner on it. And if and if not, uh, John, if you're listening to this, I apologize. Um, oh, that's my he memory. He definitely though. was. Okay, Leverage is one of my favorite shows. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So that uh, again, that yeah. Again, the cynic in me is saying, yeah, they have. They had the IP. They knew that uh, they got brand recognition with that. They could they could make it go. Um, I I don't. At the end of the day, I don't know if you know a PI story uh, lends itself more to episodic nature than than ongoing. Again, I think it depends. Totally depends on the story you're trying to tell. Um, example, I, you know, if, I, for this, I actually watched uh, or rewatched several times uh, the Big Sleep with uh, you know Bogart and Bogart and McCall. And uh, it's a fantastic film, but holy cow, uh, it, 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 I, I might well be able to argue that it would work so much better, you know, if it was an act, you know, if this was Netflix and it was a 13 episode, 13 hour series, because there's so much going on and crammed in there. Um, and, and I know that sounds like a criticism. It's not really meant to be because I, I think it's I think it's a brilliant film, um, but it is something that uh, if they were to make uh, a a, a um, a series of it, it would it would function so much better as multiple episode arc as as opposed to a single episode. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've we've talked a lot. We've talked a lot about Magnum, uh, which is which is fantastic. Uh, <laughs> um, curious on the on the fantasy side of things. Yeah. What, are, what are some of your uh, big influences there? Uh, well, the whole thing started as best I can remember. Um, I mean, the kernel for this idea is probably seven or eight years old. Um, and I, I believe it was literally just me, you know, staring into the middle distance, uh, trying to think up the next big thing or some other preposterous notion, excuse me. And, uh, and just coming across the idea of huh, a private investigator in like in Tolkien or, you know, Lord of the Rings, that's that kind of high fantasy. And over time, you know, I'd, Put, put the idea away and I'd come back and work on a little bit more. And, and over time uh, just kind of edged more and more away from that. And, and at the same time, uh, more and more away from Tolkien mm-hmm. and more towards, uh, you know, a variety of other influences like uh, anything from Michael Moorcock, uh, particularly like the Elric stuff and uh, um, you know, Avatar, the last airbender um uh, 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 and of course, the brain just goes. Oh, oh uh, uh, Brandon Graham's take on profit was pro- was honestly a big, uh, uh, I don't know, indirect, big indirect influence on it. In that, uh, I kind of love the way that that series was put together, uh, and it's and any any issue could be anything. You know, they could characters could be anywhere. Uh, they could be doing anything, uh, but it all pretty well held together and I like the notion of being able to create a fantasy land uh, if we were going to be doing something that's that's you know you know unique issue by issue that we think that at any issue they could go anywhere 
you know, in a, in a in a roundabout way, it's almost like Star Trek. And every every uh, every episode, they're a different planet. They're on a desert planet this week. Next week, uh, they're on a snow planet. And uh, you know, obviously, Star Wars did the same thing. But we're talking television here. <laughs> um, uh, there's a bit of Miyazaki in there. Um, yeah, I, I kind of just how did I, I described it to someone the other day as, as it's. It's a little bit of throwing everything uh, at the wall to see what sticks, uh, but kind of coupled with the the other metaphor of you know the sculpture, uh, and you know it's it's removing everything, uh, which the latter is probably more apt. It's like I threw so much at the wall and everything stuck, and then I had to go in there with a chisel and kind of whittle away until I actually found, you know, the world and the story and the and and the themes and all that. Uh, and yeah. Talk a little bit about about the world. Uh, you know, you're working with uh, Claudia, whom mm-hmm. uh, you've worked before uh, worked with before on uh, Blackjack Ketchum, the your uh, fantasy western. Uh, yeah. You know, kind of getting the band back together like this. How much time did you guys spend, kind of just hammering out the world building concept and and you know what what you both wanted it to kind of look and feel like and the kind of characters that inhabited it. Sure. Um, we probably spent, I mean, on a certain level, not, not that much time. I want to say we probably spent a couple months. Um, I think it was more time spent on, on figuring out, uh, the, the principal characters and some of the other, um, um, races that they occasionally, uh, run into in the books. Um, and that was really me just giving her the base descriptions of, of what I saw and uh, in those characters. And very little of it was physical descriptions. It was really more of, okay, this, you know, this, this person is from this place and, and this is what she's gone through. And um, uh, uh, this is her, you know, kind of attitude on, on life. And I gave that to her and I let her, I let her run free uh, because again, I, you know, as you say, we'd work together on Ketchum. I knew what she would bring to the project. And, uh, you know, I, I trust her and she came back, uh, with some designs, uh, multiple designs for each character. And we reviewed the, I, I reviewed them, uh, with her and with the, the two editors on the book, uh, Jeremy Saliba and Danny Coleman. And we kind of came to a consensus of, you know, this, this looks great. This looks great. Let's do this. And nine times out of 10, I think what we agreed upon was, was, was the same thing, uh, that, uh, that Claudia was was uh, most into, so that worked out well. And one of, one of the things I love about the, the the look the look of the book the whole you know the whole idea that the village is is just inside yes. this this giant uh, mech husk. Yeah. Um, it reminds I, me. Uh, I'm a huge Final Fantasy nut, and so it reminds me of uh, in the fourth game of the series. There's this giant kind of mechanical creature who's who's about like halfway through the game kind of rises up and then like all the, the good guys have to blow him up or whatever but you know they don't show what happens after the the, the giant falls right and, oh. and so it, it you know it it's basically just kind of right you know it's 16-bit game so it's it's just this <laughs> like you know top-down look at like a giant robot walking around on some grass so once it actually falls, like that, that's kind of my, my vision of, Oh, that could be a good, you know, sequel to that. Uh, and, and I wish I had a better, uh, origin story for, for that. Uh, That is honestly one of the, again, one of the earliest notions that I had for this thing, uh, which I, I presume just came from the idea of, of, uh, uh, a fantasy or a world that has been here for a very long time, you know, the, rather than having something that uh, a world that looks like it sprang up overnight or one that's been trapped in a in a perpetual, uh, uh, you know, dark ages or, or European medieval uh, castles and all that. Uh, I, I really globbed onto the notion of, hey, what would it be like if, you know, they're they're you got 10,000 people living in a fallen Mecca um, that's been there so long that no one knows. I mean, they, they can recognize that it is a human form, uh, but they have no, there are no records and no other evidence to indicate, you know, what happened or why uh, it's been so long. Uh, and, but no one addresses it. 
and uh, you know, the, 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 uh, there may eventually become an issue where well, I don't know where I could where it could work in as a subplot. But I also just love the notion that nope, it's just there and they live in it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love the all the de- descriptions of the locales are you know left arm, left leg. It's, it's... <laughs> it, it that uh, well, I, I, that came across like I think in the in the early in the scripting the first issue. Because I was realizing, okay, you know, you look at the, uh, you know, the location IDs in most comics, and it will give you some. You, you've got something to go by, you know. It won't just say a warehouse, uh, more often than not. I mean, it'll say a warehouse in the Bronx or a warehouse, you know, ten miles from Gray Malkin, and uh, it's like I had no no touchstone for that. And I went, wait a minute, and they, you know, I got a touchstone. It's the it's the entire <laughs> Feld, which is the name of the thing. So yeah, building off the hands or the legs or the head. Uh, it, it was it was natural and it it was just made it a little more fun. It, it makes me hope that at some point, you know, when you hit an anniversary issue, there's like a, a fold out poster that almost looks like an operation board oh. with you know little reference points to this is where the bar is. Here's the wizard's tower off to the side here, and well, just a big I, image of that the body. A, I would absolutely love that, uh, and yeah, if we can, if we can keep this this thing rolling for uh, a couple of years, I would, I would, I mean, my my dream might be to have you know put out one of those nice deluxe hardcovers and have like a big old fold out map of that. Mm. Uh, in the short term, however, uh, and this uh, sadly was not in the previews uh, that we sent out to people, but the uh, I'm going to tell you, uh, the back matter has a little something in there uh, every issue that will make you very happy. Ooh, excellent. <laughs> I like the uh, I like the operation metaphor. Too. I do, yeah, yeah. I, I well, for a really big success, uh, you know, maybe maybe we get Image to pony up some money, and uh, you know, you can be pulling out, uh, you know, drunks out of the bar or uh, something to that effect. That would be great. Rule number one of living in the Feld: don't touch the sides. <laughs> um. You know, was this book always destined for Image? Did you have to do a lot of kind of shopping around uh, with it when you came up with the pitch? Uh, let me think back. Short answer. Hmm. I'm not. I I want to say that I did pitch it to someone else long before, or long enough before uh, Ketchum, mm-hmm. and so um, by the time. Um, and, and that was when it was just me, I, uh, mm-hmm. Claudia wasn't, uh, Claudia and I hadn't even met yet. And I think it, uh, it, it like, it went nowhere at, uh, uh, I, I don't, I don't even want to speculate on which publishers I might've sent it to, Sure. Um, but then, uh, you know, once we had catch him in the can and then, you know, the, the door was kind of open for me at image and then we, we, uh, got around it to, as you say, getting the band back together and yeah, image was the, the logical first stop. Um, in terms of, of working with Claudia, you know, how, how, what, what from the experience from, from Blackjack made you kind of want to replicate that with, uh, with Fairlady, you guys, you know, did you guys develop a good rapport kind of on that first project? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, you know, she, she'd be the first to admit that, that, you know, uh, so she's, uh, she is Italian and she lives in Rome and, uh, her English is much better than she gives herself credit for, but it but it is still very much a, a second a second language. But in spite of that, uh, we managed to communicate very very well and very clearly. Um, uh, and uh, uh, she uh, is she. I'm, I'm trying not to, I'm trying not to make this sound like a backhanded compliment. She takes feedback very well and very professionally. Um, not that we tend to have much in the way of of, uh, of feedback or things that need to be tweaked or whatnot, but when we do, um, it's it's handled graciously, and uh, you know we wind up producing uh, you know a book that we're both uh, very proud of, and uh, that's uh, clear communication is my you know in truth is my is my number one. My number one criteria for working with anybody in this industry, because it's so easy to come across folks where that that's just not part of their DNA, shall we say? Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, but it's it, 
it makes everything so much more appealing uh, when everybody's on the same page consistently. And yeah, I've definitely got that with Claudio. That's great. Uh, somebody on uh, Twitter, I actually think it was, uh, I think it was Big Bang uh, Comics in Dublin, actually yeah. uh, pointed out the cover for the first issue is <laughs> a uh, an homage to Morrison and Quitely's Batman Reborn. Uh, yep. Was that a, was that a surprise when you uh, uh, got that that first look at the cover? I uh, no, and and uh, this is going to make me sound a, a bit more Machiavellian. Uh, honestly, <laughs> honestly, that was my idea. That's great. Uh, when uh, we were talking about uh, cover designs, uh, I think I'd, I'd, I'd sent a couple of ideas to Claudia, and then I threw that one in there as well, saying, you know, it's 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 not the norm to come out swinging with a with your first cover for a new series to be an homage to something that has become kind of I- iconic in the last decade. Mm-hmm. But fuck it, I, I I think it would look. <laughs> I, 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 I if I said if you agree, you know, if you want to, you know, slap uh, slap Awanu in there in the role of Batman and make Jenner the the Robin. Uh, let's let's see what that looks like. And uh, she 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 took a stab at it, and we we immediately knew it's like yeah that's that's what we got to do, and we'll and I said we'll own it, and we even we credited it in the credits as well that it's Quitely and uh, uh, Alex Sinclair, um, and uh, yeah I, I I I love the fact that every so often we will get people like, yeah like Big Bang they come come right out and say hey we see what <laughs> you did there we like that. Uh, Matt Matt did you happen to uh, catch that right off the bat? Oh yeah. Oh yeah! Uh, in, in case you haven't, I'm the resident Batman guy. Nice. That, that that one is that was a softball right across the plate for me. In the good again, in a good way. Uh, so uh, you just mentioned Awanu, uh, Jenner's partner. Um, how prepared are are you guys for Owanu to spark some uh, big sexy Catman slash Vic? Because uh, that talk is out there. Bring it on! <laughs> well, uh, I, I, you know, it, it's not something that I think we really thought too much about when we were in production. But by the time it got announced, and it was clear that there was already a rumbling of that, it's like, okay, this we're gonna own this. That's gonna be. Uh, this will this this has potential to be something, and uh, you know we're here we're here for it. I also have to say, you look at that cover, you look at those costumes, and again, big sexy Catman cosplay <laughs> will be coming. That that is a couple's cosplay right there. I I I hope I pray you're right. I I want to see it. I want I want my photo taken with them. I want I want all of these things. Um, I uh, we were at. Uh, Emerald City a couple weeks ago, my wife and I, and uh, we were talking about this, and and I said, yeah, but you know what's going to happen? The first cosplay I'm going to get is going to be Owanu, and it's going to be some guy, and he's going to be like five seven, and it's going to be this homemade <laughs> thing that he did in like a half hour, and he's going to have like these ping pong ball eyes that are you know Marty Feldmaning and looking in different directions, <laughs> but it'll still be cool, and I'll still get my photo taken with him because. Praise, praise me for the dedication. Yeah, but you know, give it till give it till San Diego. Yeah. That's the, by then, like the the pros, sure. you know, the, the the furry community will 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 <laughs> swoop in and they'll be they'll give lessons on how it's done. I I oh I want this I want this more than uh, more than almost anything. Oh, man. Although uh, that that the the short googly eyed version of Awanu. Uh, <laughs> There's something to be said for that. If if I wind up seeing that, I may have to find a way to 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 squeeze that into the comic somewhere, like a flashback of you know when he was a, a an awkward teenager and you know had to have his eyes adjusted and you know or something, or he maybe grows into it. I don't know. Well, he's from he's from a race. It could be like his cousin or just somebody else from his his, his community who just so happens to have gritty bitter. eyes. There's an earnestness to those googly eyes. <laughs> Oh, I, I would, I, again, yeah, I would, I would love that. Uh, Matt, do you think, uh, your cat Bess has some feline warrior princess in her just waiting to be unlocked? (laughs) Well, as she is currently flopped over next to me, princess, absolutely. Warrior, (laughs) she's afraid of mice, so not (laughs) so much, but she we Amber and I do call her our princess because she is she who must be obeyed. 
<laughs> Aren't you, Bass? Uh, um, speaking of, uh, or going back to homages for a second, uh, you know, Brian, you were very kind enough to, to uh, let us take a look at the first four issues. Uh, certainly not looking to spoil anything for anyone. Uh, issue number four has a very nice homage to uh, Matt Fraction and David Aha's Hawkeye. Uh, y- yes. <laughs> <laughs> help me, help me out a little bit. Uh, we definitely, yeah, I definitely, uh, yeah, I definitely did uh, uh, <clears throat> borrow from that on occasion. <laughs> um, but um, can you be a little more specific, even for me? Oh, uh, okay. The opening caption box is o- box is okay. This looks bad. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> thank you. Yes. Uh, yeah. There's. I was gonna say, what's what's throwing me off is yes that. That was a no-brainer. As soon as I started writing, I knew what the opening scene was going to be. I'm like, oh, this is the place to do that. Uh, so, yeah, there's a, there's a bit of of uh, Hawkeye in there. There is a bit of um, – uh, we, we actually borrowed uh, <laughs> quite a bit uh, from uh, Mazzuccelli's uh, – Mazzuccelli? Mazzuccelli. I don't know. It's Mazzuccelli. I've – I always pronounce it Mazzuccelli, and then someone around the time that Asterius Polyp came out when I was working at a comic shop corrected me to Mazzuccelli. Of course, you know, random guy in the comic shop might sure. not be the best reference point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, absolutely. Uh, but uh, his, uh, his impregnal is uh, Daredevil. There are um, a few things we, are, we borrow from in there in terms of, of layouts and, uh, and intercutting uh that are that are buried in there too i i and we don't want to spoil anything because that sure. issue is a, f- a few off but i just i i enjoyed the first i enjoyed all of them but issue four was a delight <laughs> i really the, the the mystery and the the frustration of I, that's four one is in this previews so that'll be solicited in this month's preview so the solicitation yes. copy isn't even out yet right um but it the mystery in issue four was something i could absolutely see myself being driven completely insane by <laughs> and so i was like this is a story i can get behind <laughs> uh awesome thank you uh yeah that um that issue probably has more uh, more in its DNA than any of the others for this for our first arc, if you will. Um, we're drawn upon uh, so many of the of the usual things that we we have, you know, the, the PI shows and and fantasy. Uh, but there's uh, there's there's bits from Mash. There's bits from Deep Space. No, I mean I don't expect anyone to actually even <laughs> recognize these things. Um, but yeah, we we threw a lot in there. And in truth, uh, the issue that you as you read it is so everything that's there is still accurate and true. Uh, but I am actually going to go back in and be adding uh, a few more Easter eggs uh, to the to the dialogue and the text. Uh, when that comes out, uh, so uh, that will, I think, will be uh, will up the uh, at least the chuckle factor for a few folk. <laughs> uh, there, there was one that maybe uh, chuckle very much so in uh, Nejla's uh, library. The tome of and invokes the name of <laughs> a creator whose name is used quite often in other people's books. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it that was a layup. I I, I kind of. <laughs> had that his name in there as a placeholder and then when i got to writing it's like no nah, we'll keep that one fine it's a, again that's another it's another softball for most everyone but uh yeah i think it that, that one had to stay uh, um so you're about to go on a uh, tour to promote the book uh starting this week right yeah uh starting this wednesday day of release uh we're kicking things off in in my home to, or my current hometown, San Francisco, uh, at Mission Comics, and uh, then we've got signings lined up, uh, in store in store signings lined up through the middle of June, um, and that's on average. Okay, let me think about this. April on average, oh Christ, it's about like one and a half signings a week. So we've got 11 signings between 
the 10th, uh, the 10th of April, and I think June 15th is the latest one, and that one's not announced yet, so I can't really say where it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is uh, this will also be the first time that I'm uh, I'm having scheduled signings outside of California, which is which is pretty cool. Uh, I've got one down at Big Adventure in uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico. Um, I'm going to be up at TFA, uh, Things from Another World, up in uh, Portland. And oh, that's, that wasn't announced yet. Oops! Um, <laughs> We've got an exclusive. All right. Um, they know about it. We know about it. Yeah, it's fine. Um, I'm missing a couple, and I feel oh, uh, there are two coming up, or one possibly two coming up in and around Denver. Um, those also are probably going to be announced later this week. Uh, and then there's one actually on the East Coast. Uh, around the around uh, the time of Heroes Con, and uh, yeah, those are just the signings. And then we're doing. Uh, my wife and I are, are hitting pretty much every major show you can think of between now and then. And I'm I'm holding my head in my hand right now because it's. I I, I was filling out. Uh, we have a newsletter that goes out every other week, and I was filling out my portion of it earlier today, and and realized uh, that yeah, we're we're basically go 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 and. And then it's no sleep till, and it's not Brooklyn. It's Harrogate. <laughs> it's uh, our, we're we're going nonstop until Thought Bubble in November. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, uh, which it's going to be great. I, all of it. I mean, looking forward to all. I mean, we're doing uh, Heroes Con in San Diego and uh, Rose City and New York and and uh, Thought Bubble and I'm a couple in between that are escaping my mind. Um, uh, but it's just, it's going to be a it's going to be a crazy year. And then December, I hope to sleep the entire month. <laughs> that's your that's your Christmas gift. Oh, oh yes, to myself. Uh, uh, you know, I maybe just get a hotel room somewhere and just with the blackout curtains and never see the light of day for uh, for thirty days would just be the greatest gift. Well, that that is uh, that is fantastic, and uh, I will see you in New York, sir. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's gonna be a that'd be a good time. Uh, I, I, we're hoping they they literally today just sent out the queries for uh, uh, panels for New York, and we did one last time I was there, which was two years ago. Uh, that was a fantasy. That was a fantasy panel. I don't remember the specifics, uh, but we ran one again. My, again, my wife and I, Danny Coleman, uh, we were on one at Emerald City, which was it was she and I. Um, Mags, uh, uh, Visaggio, uh, Kieran, and um, uh, Daniel Barnes, who's doing the Black Mage over at Oni. And I'm hoping to get as many of those people together again uh, for as many times as we can pull off that panel this year because it was it was great. Uh, it was a, it was a great crowd. We had we had such such we we riffed off each other very very well, and uh, uh, we had. I, I probably will boast about this to my dying day. We had the lowest rate of attrition I think I've ever seen for a panel. Like people just getting up and leaving? or Yeah, or... there were probably, I want to say about 150, 200 people in the room. We lost three people over the course of an hour. Nice. And, that's great. Yeah, I was, I was, I mean, I was flabbergasted. I mean, that's, that's great. I mean, that's like a, that's like a one, 1.5% attrition. I'll take that. <laughs> we were doing something right. So uh, in between all these, these uh, shows and, and also continuing to write Fair Lady, uh, you know, what, what are you reading? Oh, my goodness. Oh, uh, I am about to do a deep dive into the world of, uh, I'm presuming I'm, presu- I'm pronouncing his name correctly, China Mievel, 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 uh, 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 weird fiction writer of such books as Perdido Street Station, uh, Unlondon, uh, oh, oh, the scar. Uh, yeah, I, I, it is something I've been wanting to do for a while and it is something that will be, uh, feeding a certain part of my brain. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to finally get to kick off that. I think sometime after this week, uh, most, most of my, uh, uh, prose fiction has gone by the wayside just in the last few months because, I have been living and breathing Fair Lady in every way imaginable. Um, outside of that, 
comics wise, what am I what am I reading these days? I'm I'm reading. Um, oh, I said Kieran. I'm reading. I'm 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 reading. Uh, I'm reading Die, which I which I really dig, and uh, I'm I'm really enjoying Kieran's run on Star Wars. Um, uh, so Die, it's funny. Uh, so I knew. Uh, oh God, a year and a half ago, uh, he, he was he was leaking on uh, social media that he was doing research in a, in a fantasy vein and i'm i'm re- i'm reading between the lines of all this and and i knew that that we were going to be you know fairly it was going to be going and then i i saw him in uh january of last year and took him aside and said okay you got to tell me you got to tell me what this is because if we're both if you just happen to be working on a on a fantasy private investigator thing I'm dead in the water uh, and and he, he he laughed and took me aside and he told me the, the basic basic gist of die and I went okay a that sounds awesome I am I am there for that uh, and B oh thank God <laughs> um, I think what else I'm I'm uh, oh I'm, I'm I'm reading most of my Donny Cates uh i'm 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 way behind on uh, on uh, oh wow i'm so behind i'm forgetting the name uh uh <laughs> fuck you donnie i can't remember the name of all of your books um he only puts out what three a week it's yeah just, you know. exactly uh the the southern the, the the texas vampires uh redneck Thank you. Yes, redneck. Uh, I am. I am obscenely behind on that one, but I'm. I'm up to date on the others, and uh, uh, I'm loving what I'm. I'm. I'm digging his venom, and I know I'm not alone. No. Um, uh, gosh, what else? Um, uh, Coda. I've been reading. That's from Boom, and that's Cy Spurrier and uh, mm-hmm. Matthias. Matthias. Vergara. Vergara. Thank you. Uh, yeah, another book where you know, as soon as it was announced and was coming out, I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> when, you know, when we pitched the, when we pitched uh, uh, Fair Lady way back when, and it got accepted, it's like, okay, cool. There's this, there is clearly a need for fantasy books out now. I mean, uh, you know, Rat Queens, I think, was on a bit of a hiatus at the time, and there wasn't really anything kind of filling that void. And it's like now, by the time we come out, it's like. Okay, well, people have this. They got this. They got this. I was, you know, I, I had the brief fear of like, oh boy, people are going to be burned out on, on you know, high fantasy, and uh, fortunately, that's that's does not seem to be the case. And you're still in that nice valley in between saga arcs when people are looking to fill that void, right? Uh, and I'm, I'm. It's interesting the 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 handful of times that that folks have referenced saga when talking about fair lady and it was not I mean, most of the time it's been favorable uh you know i've had i've had friends and, and people that have, have given me pull quotes that are saying hey if you're if you're missing out on saga you know check this out and that's extremely kind and generous um but actually there was an advanced review that came out and i'm not going to say from where because it was it was the strangest review of of anything i've i've done uh, and and good lord, I, I wrote blackjack catch him for crying out loud. Um, and it, the reviewer was basically was was not even basically was literally accusing Image of coming up with Fair Lady in order to fill the gap of Saga not being around, and was kind of miffed at it. So he was kind of pissed off at the fact that Image was was doing this bullshit thing of of you know trying to give everybody Saga light. But then at the same time, he's turning around and, and in his reviews saying, yeah, the art is beautiful and this, that, and the other thing, and then winds up giving it a two out of five star review. So it was just, it was all over the map between, you know, he actually liked it and then also clearly has no comprehension whatsoever of how image works. Uh, so yeah, that was whatever. Sure. Yeah. Man, I got money. yeah. <laughs> I'm a bald white dude. Bring it on. <laughs> <sighs> Um, well, this is, this has been a ton of fun. Uh, before we, we wrap with our usual closer question, uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to uh past guest in front of the show, Matt Haggerty for passing oh. our, our name along and kind of getting the ball rolling on this interview. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, uh, Matt's got a, uh, a, a fantastic book coming out in the fall. It's in October, I believe called un- mm-hmm. un- unplugged and unpopular, uh, via Oni. And, 
so he and I he and I met uh, at a signing. I think it was one of the first signings I was doing for for Blackjack Ketchum, and he he came in and introduced himself, and we got on like a house on fire, and have been been friends ever since. And uh, my wife and I uh, cite him as being in the running uh, for nicest guy in comics. Uh, there are a handful of candidates uh, that we that we keep bouncing back and forth between, but his name does frequently come up uh, because he is. He is just uh, he is ridiculously talented and uh, ridiculously talented, a solid family man, and just a, a sweetheart. And uh, buy his books. <laughs> yeah, it's as simple as that. Uh, yeah. So as we're we're wrapping up, uh, Brian, how can people follow you online if you in fact wish to be followed? Well, given the fact that I write about private investigator, it would seem rather uh, disingenuous of me to uh, to not want to be followed by people. <laughs> uh, turnabout being fair play. Uh, I am at Brian Shermer on Twitter. That is probably where I'm the most active. Uh, but I'm also at Brian Shermer uh, on Instagram. And uh, that uh, I was a late late adopter of that, but it's uh, I'm enjoying it. Those are my big things. I... I there is there is technically a BrianShermer.com website that is tied into a Tumblr, uh, but in truth, I think when you know Tumblr, Tumblr's fallen on some hard times, and uh, I think it took a lot of the audience uh, out with it. Uh, so I, I I don't maintain that as well as I should, but uh, yeah, t- uh, Twitter and Instagram, you'll learn way more about me than you want or need to know. Uh, Tumblr just hasn't been the same since they uh, cracked down on the porn. <laughs> Ah! Uh, <laughs> no, was nothing but porn uh, before that. Hence, uh, you know, I didn't want to talk about that, but uh, had to get back into comics for some reason. Uh, well, Brian, thank you so much for coming on the show, guys. Thank you. This has been a blast. That's it for this week's show. As always, you can listen to WMQ&A on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and at WMQComics.com, where new episodes move Tuesday mornings. You can support WMQ&A and WMQComics.com at patreon.com slash WMQComics, where just a dollar donation gets you early access to episodes and the ability to promote your work on our site, and $2 gets you a customized bonus reading column written by our own Matt Lazowitz, built around the character, creator, or theme of your choice. Big thanks to our first and foremost patron, Steve Morris from Shelf Dust and the MMT. Uh, you can follow WMQComics on Twitter and Facebook, and you can follow me on Twitter at Daniel P. Grote, and Matt Lazowitz at MattLaz1013. Not a fan of social media? Sign up for our weekly Q newsletter, which gives you the best of WMQ every week in your inbox. Finally, and most importantly, check out WMQComics.com for all your comics news, previews, reviews, interviews, and plain old views, and we'll see you next time. WMQA!